in order to pull the switch to make that movie, it's not a, do I want to make a movie? It's like, what do I want to spend the next five years of my life doing? You know, and I think with film, that's very interesting because there's not a lot of careers where you have to say, boom, the next five years of my life is going to be this. It's like joining the service. Yeah, it is actually. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. James Van And it is Car Con Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. Uh, that car is perched right outside Club Lago in the River North area of Chicago. A favorite of mine, and now sitting shotgun, I have Chris Fetchko. He is the writer, director, and producer of the excellent new movie, All in Time. Hello, Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm great. And in the back seat, I have Guido, the, the co-owner of Club Lago, the man responsible for the food we're eating tonight. Good evening, one and all. Uh, Guido, you know, I met you years ago. I, I fantasized about having you in the back seat of my car, and here we are. See, th- there are so many ways that that's going to go, and I'm just going to back off and let you keep on running the show here. Um, and Chris, you're in town. You're not. You're not from Chicago. You're from Pennsylvania. I, I moved here when the Chicago's got in the World Series. Right. Way to bandwagon it. Yeah, it's, that's what I decided to do. You know. So you're actually in town, and obviously, by the time this releases, it'll be after the fact. But you are going from city to city. Right. You're, you're working the new movie hard. Right. So as we're recording this, you're screening at uh, Landmark Century Theater. Yeah, my uh, my you said co-director. Uh, uh, I have a co-director, co-writer, co-producer, Marina Donahue. So we're kind of splitting it up right now. She's up at the screening. And uh, quite frankly, I'm sick of seeing the movie because we've seen it like a million times by now. Do you so. see imperfections in the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, because it's never really done, is it? No, no. They, they, there's a term in the music business or the film business. You just, you never finish a movie. You just stop working on it. I think that's true of music. Yeah, I, I, everything. Yeah. Writing. Just, yeah. So, um, so no, but we're doing a promotional tour that we booked six months ago, and we, you know, this was our Chicago date. And uh, my plane ticket was booked, and I, I flew in the afternoon of Game 7 and couldn't have timed it any better. How about it? Yeah. So, so and you, if you're in that area, that, that area went upside down. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was great. We were was recording awesome. this the day after the Cubs won the World Series, yeah. which was surreal. It's still surreal to say. Yeah, no, there's a vibe in the city that's just like people are just like walk, like floating. Well, it's interesting. You know, I was walking around downtown today. And you know, I, I'm a Sox fan, but I appreciate the fact that the Cubs won the World Series. I wanted them to go all the way. Like, right. let's do this. It's been 108 years. But walking around downtown, everyone was talking about it. People around me, you know, the women behind me. How late were you up? Oh, I was up till two o'clock right. in the morning. The guys in front of me. Oh, could you believe Rizzo did this? Right. It was the conversation that everyone was sharing, whether right. it was on social media, on TV, you know, in Wrigleyville. Everyone had that shared experience, right. and it was pretty cool. Right. And and what was interesting about it too is, and I don't want to get all spiritual or who whatever, but whoever's controlling things, how to put the rain delay in. <clears throat> right. Well, Just as because, a director and a writer, you have to you appreciate write, that. I mean, you can't write it. <laughs> you can't write that story you know it's like it was just like they 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 made it they i mean I, we were in a sports bar i forget which sports bar it was but we were in a sports bar watching the game and i'm i was literally i had no stakes i'm a phillies fan i'm a philly guy all the way but um it was like they were up what six three and come back they tied it and everybody's freaking out and then the rain delay happened and it was just like you know how late are we going to be up number one because everybody's like should i go to work should i not go to work whatever and it was just awesome you couldn't have wrote a better uh, script for real all right so guido in the backseat club lago give us some quick uh lago history 
Quick Lago history. Uh, three generation Italian restaurant in River North, same location since 1952. Um, good old joint. Uh, sort of no nonsense place. Not a whole lot of razzle dazzle, but you walk in and you're kind of time warp back to the 50s. Which I love. Yeah. And when you walk into Lago, it doesn't have that River North tourists pouring in and out of there it feels like a local place dropped into river north right it feels like a chicago place if we do it right the people who come in the first time they're there they feel like they're regulars well said well said yeah well said do you actually use the cash register the the cash registers that you saw when we were just in there having our medicinal whiskey uh are are actual used yeah those those are so what happens if you have the chip credit card like where do you put that in the cash register well i'll show you once we're uh, out of the okay because i want to i want to see how the 50s meets the (laughs) no we 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 have uh suffered into the modern era (laughs) taking uh credit cards but uh, we still do have the i love that old registers that's really i want to get a picture actually funny story about the registers they're like two places in Chicago that still service those because they're, they're actual, you know, I mean, they're, right. they're machines. And, right. uh, uh, this guy, Alfini, who is in his 80s, shows up with two young guys uh, and they awesome. wheel in awesome. an old, uh, well-maintained uh, demo and right. they give us that one when something's wrong, if there's an electrical short or so- something's wrong with ours and they take ours out and those things are 60 pounds. I mean, they're, they're right, really, really heavy. So they take that, they put it on a dolly, and they wheel it out, and then they bring this, you know, this backup, and we use it, and we'll call them three weeks, four weeks later, you know, hey, Alfini, how's our cat? Yeah, I'm getting around to it. It's coming around. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort of what the market will bear. Right, right? Right. There are only a couple of guys who are still fixing <laughs> yeah, them, so yeah, yeah. We, we suffer through So is there, like, infighting within the family about when do we get rid of the cash register and just go completely digital, or is it, it, does everybody agree that it's like... While I think an argument could be made about plenty of infighting. The right. cash register isn't it's one, one of, of the points of contention. Well, maybe what's inside the cash register. <laughs> there right. you go. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's always been, I've always had this worry that there's going to be a morning I show up uh, and my brother has been <laughs> up like for 48 hours straight and he's just pillaging the cash registers. And I'll be back in three weeks. But no, so far that hasn't happened. All right. So Guido, you know, I want to make sure while Chris is here in town, uh, while his movie's taking off, that he's well fed and carb loaded. Um, we, we put ourselves at your feet and said, teach us, show us the way. Uh, tell us about Club Lago. What, what are you feeding us tonight? So we've got two different things. Uh, yeah, everybody's got his own lunch bag. Wait, wait, where's your lunch? Do uh, you, we, dude, these are gigantic. It, it, this is not, There's if you finish these, you're going to go to sleep. Uh, if, if you finish both of these, you're going to sleep. I had but, to lose weight for this movie. So, so here's now what this I, I'm feeling my jeans <laughs> again. So one of them's cold, one of them's hot. This is the Guido sandwich and the Gus sandwich. Wait, 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 which is which? Uh, the the thinner cold one is the Gus, named after my grandpa. That's a classic uh, cold cut sandwich. Okay. Uh, Ooh, okay. Salami, prosciutto, oh boy. lettuce, okay. tomato, onion, little house dressing, little provolone cheese. Okay. Delicious and uh, 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 not you know not cooked. Right. Uh, the other is the Guido, which is really just a hog. And my experience is Holy leave it crap. in its tinfoil. Hold it thing. sort yep. of like a burrito. Yep. It's uh, meatball, roast beef, and uh, <laughs> Italian sausage. And they're all braised in the same peppers and onions and then packed in the sandwich with melted uh, cheese. Where's the bread come from? Uh, bread, the best uh, uh, Italian baker bakery in Chicago. We, we have a... That's a longer story than... Uh, all right. The James Van Ostel experience can uh, can carry, but it's uh, uh, D'Amato's. D'Amato's. Bread's very is, important. Uh, not, bread is, not. hey, I'm talking to a Pennsylvania right. guy who knows his stuff about, well, if you're a, uh, 
Uh, is it Harrisburg? Uh, no, but I know where Harrisburg is. I'm from Hazleton. You know where that is? Forgive me. I, I was cheating and looking on your IMDb. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hazleton is, uh, starts with an H. Harrisburg is the capital, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, easy mistake. But, that's <laughs> right. oh, but yeah, I'm from kind of the Scranton area. Right. So people know Scranton from the office. So we do. That's kind of... We had a bartender, Rob, from uh, uh, Scranton, so we, we got regularly schooled on the <laughs> ignorance of people talking about the difference between Philly and Pittsburgh yeah. and not knowing... And then the rest of the state. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Philly, Pittsburgh, and then Alabama. Hey, Chris, be careful. He warned you. Like right. Eat it like a burrito. It's, it's, your it's bread is important. You speak the truth. If you take it out of the tinfoil, you're just you're asking for trouble. I know. If you're going to go to to Century after this, you need to not have Listen, like crumbs and oil on you. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I um, I might have to have a spare shirt in my bag that I have to pull out. I usually carry a tight stick with me. It's kind of like my version of the this EpiPen. This is awesome. This is ridiculous. Wait, are we supposed to eat both of them at the same time? I think. Or, it's, I think we're supposed like, to take. If you don't want to disrespect him, both, both, both of them. No, but like, is it like one bite of the hot and then one bite of the cold? <laughs> like, what's the proper like way to do this? You take them down one at a time, right? Yeah, I believe uh, you. You should try a little bit of the first, then maybe tinfoil that bad boy up and try and one then, of the, and the then other one. Go back one. like an hour later. <laughs> and go oh, dude, this Guido this is, is ridiculous road trip material. This is good stuff. Oh my god! Wow. It's really good. This is really good. I, I didn't sign the waiver about getting the oil all over the microphone, so yeah. I believe uh, oh, the so insurance contract... Uh, there's two sandwiches and four napkins in this bag, which is very important. Oh, good. I got napkins. Oh, wait. No, I don't have napkins. I need to steal one of yours. That's screwed. Please. Here thank you. Go. Oh, here we go. I think each, these sandwiches should require... There should be a law that they come with three napkins. Yeah, because really, uh, because who are we kidding here? Let's let's be honest here. If I wanted a burrito, I'd go get a burrito. So I want to eat this like a like a like a hoagie. You know what a hoagie? Do they call them hoagies? We don't here? call them hoagies what here. Do you call them here. We, had, we, we call them subs. Subs. They're called hoagies. So this is the best hoagie I've ever had. This this meatball is wow. Uh, Guido, well done. Glad you enjoy them. Very good. <laughs> oh, man. Very good. Welcome to Chicago. We're gonna fatten the shit out of you. No, I know. <laughs> Seriously. I got to stay in, in, in uh, my good clothes for this promo tour, mm -hmm. and now I'm starting to feel my jeans that mm -hmm. I'm actually wearing them, which is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. This is really good, though. Wow. All right, so let's talk about the movie while well, you have food in your mouth. Okay. It seems to me this is a classic example of write what you know. Mm-hmm. You, you're, a lot of this is you putting your life on the screen. Mm-hmm. Give us some background on it. Um, well, when my, uh, if you would have told me in high school that I'd be a film director when I'm, what am I, 22 years old right now? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm 42. I, I have no problem telling people how old I am. But if I, if you would have told me that when I was in my 40s, I'd be directing a movie, I would have said you're crazy. And, um, I always loved music. I loved music more than film. Um. I'm a child of the uh, 90s, so Bon Jovi got me through puberty, basically. It's uh, not necessarily the greatest musical upbringing, but it's what I had to work with, <laughs> you know? Um, MTV was very influential in my mm -hmm. adolescent years, and mm -hmm. it was the hairband age, and what can I tell you? So my dream, literally when I went to college, and I'm not joking, 
was to be Bon Jovi's accountant. Because I knew I didn't. Yeah, because I knew I didn't have any talent. I, I could play guitar. I could play like five chords on the guitar, but. I, I couldn't grow the hair long. It would just turn into this afro kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I can't do the band thing. I'm good at math. What, what are my options? So I figured I'd go to uh, school to be an accountant, and I can get into the music business on the business side of it because I just wanted to be around. I'd go to concerts, and I'd be more fascinated with the road cases and the buses. That's amazing. Than the actual music. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to be a part of that world. Yeah, yeah. You know, and not not to be backstage to meet the people, but I just was like the lights and the the, the the sound guy and what, you know. Well, it's so funny. You mentioned the road cases. Like, the road cases, or you use road cases for the opening credits of your movie. Right. I love road cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, in college, I went to, I'm from Pennsylvania, as we said. I went to Syracuse University. Is it rude that you're talking while you're eating? How's that? It is what it is, dude. I mean, God. (laughs) Like, everything I've ever learned is just going out the window in this podcast. Um, So, so anyway, I went to college in Syracuse, New York. Driving around. This is 1995. I hear this song on the radio called Fear Falling. Mm -hmm. Didn't know who the band was. Just heard the song on the radio. And those were the days back in the 90s where you heard a song on the radio and you went to the mall, you drove to the mall, <laughs> and you went to the record store, Yeah. and you sang the song in the most accurate way possible. That is so true. Right? Yeah. Like, this is the song I'm looking for, and the guy behind the counter, or girl, would basically judge you because you can't sing. Right. Right? And then they'd try, you'd try to have this, like, figure out what the song is conversation. I remember working in on the radio at Q101 in Chicago, I would have record store employees call me and have customers sing over the phone. Right. Exactly what you're saying. Like, I don't know what this is. They said they heard it on this radio station. Right. So that happened to me with this song called Fear of Falling by a band called The Badleys. B-A-D-L-E-E-S. Mm-hmm. And drove to the mall, heard the radio song, drove to the mall. We figured out who it was. Boom. Bought the CD. It lived in my... Those are the days when... CDs lived in your player. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Remember those days where... Absolutely. Now it's like, you just, you know, random, whatever. Um, This CD called River Songs by this band called The Badleys was the soundtrack to my senior year of college. Um, I absolutely love this band, right? Now, I know they're not the Beatles or not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get the perspective, but they were... The, they, they were connected with you. They, I connected with this band. Mm-hmm. I had no idea they were from Pennsylvania. This was pre-internet, so pre-cyber stalking, you yeah. know, pre-looking up IMDb and mm-hmm. getting people's hometowns wrong and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, right? Um, so slowly but surely, as the internet started coming around, I, and I started realizing, you know, they were touring. They were like touring with the Almond Brothers mm-hmm. and uh, Bob Seger and doing their whole. They were on a, a label called Poly Polydor Atlas. Right. Atlas was like a fake indie label. That, that was a thing in the 90s where some of the majors would create these imprints to give the illusion that they were indie labels, which right. were, allowed them to pass off their artists as something different mm-hmm. and underground. So, little did I know, this band was, was from Pennsylvania, which means that there's five guys in the band and there are five separate hometowns, but that means you're from Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. The way it so, I'm in New York, working as an accountant, 
The first time I ever saw the band, I ran home, took off my suit, ran down to a club in New York called The Bottom Line, which mm-hmm. is closed, which was the inf- infamous club. It's now closed, but at the time it was open. Saw the band in concert. Literally waited outside with the friggin' poster. <laughs> getting everybody to sign the band, sign the thing. And um, I just was like a fan. I was just like, I saw them live. It was, you know, even that much better. You know, music music is about live. I mean, I mean the music business, we could have a whole podcast on where the music went. But, but a live band actually exceeding a record mm-hmm. is a special thing. You know what I mean? Completely agree. And, and, and when you... When you have that happen, that's even, it takes it to the next level. You know, not to put it in in uh, relationship terms, but it goes from like in like to in love. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, this, oh, these guys are for real. They could pull it off. What I've been hearing in, in my uh, CD player for the last six months, mm-hmm. you know? So that, so that happened. And, um, and then all of a sudden their career started tanking. Like nothing was happening. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, my roommate and I in college started writing scripts for fun. And um, we decided in 1998 to write a movie called Everything's Jake that has nothing to do with the Badleys, nothing to do with anything. Quick plug for that movie. And my dream was to call their manager and get their end credit, get their song in the end credits to try to help. Mm-hmm. I just I was a frustrated fan that I wanted to help. And... Um, I, what was happening was is they started playing more and more in Pennsylvania as their career started going downhill. So I would go back to Pennsylvania every weekend and see these guys play. Never talk to them or anything. And then, uh, long story short, eventually I uh, quit a job in Manhattan and I went back home to manage my favorite I feel like I'm watching your movie right now. Yeah, pretty much. Did you watch it? Did I did. Movie? Yeah, okay, so you saw it. So yeah, so I, I quit a good job in New York to go home and quote unquote manage this band because they're the best fucking band in the world. <laughs> Excuse my language, and the world needs to know about them. I love that. And that's that that's that's what the seed of this whole conversation is. Uh, by the way, Guido, I made a mess of myself. It's okay if I just cursed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, it's okay. Uh, I've made a total mess of myself. That sandwich is ridiculous. What I love. This is what I love. Like like about uh, Italian beef sandwiches is when the the bun gets kind of soaked. Yeah. Gets that au jus and all that kind of mm-hmm. in wet. there. It gets soft. The term in the business is wet. The cold yeah. sandwich is sitting here saying, what, or the, what the hell is going on with me though, though? Yeah, I know right, that. So yeah, we got to move on to the other one, the Gus. You guys got to give I'm gonna it a try. I'm going to wrap up some of this. Yeah, challenge accepted. Um, I'm, uh, this is going to be, this is going to put me to sleep tonight at 11.30. So Chris was talking actually about the bread, and th- these are two completely different. Uh, uh, I won't use the term hoagie because they'll throw right. me out of the Midwest. Really? If we ever, yeah, really? It's literally madness. called sub, right? Sub, sub sandwich, um, hoagie, and then hero, and then poor boy. Those are the. Uh-huh. the those are as Ooh. I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, all different derivations cool of one. the same animal. Oh, I love the okay. meats. Because this is a podcast, nobody's going to see me taking the onions off. I see I you like removing onions. the onions. I'm watching like, you I don't remove like the onions. onions. You got to go in public after this. I get it. I got to go. I got, no, no, I just don't like onions. I have a problem with it. But this right. is a much more manageable. This bad boy right, won't is. drip. Uh, it's a much more controllable thing. I could fit this in my mouth and everything. This so, Charlie, in your movie, Charlie is you. Mm-hmm. He is your avatar Pretty in much. this film. Yeah. So... 
did that make it hard knowing that I mean, you real this is an expression of your experience? Was it hard to to cast for that? Were yeah, you read too particular? No, I mean, well, here's the, here's what happened. So I basically quit quit my job, moved home. I literally had my dream job. I loved every minute of my day. However, I wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. Right? Met this girl. She was a big music fan. So I actually never really had to take her out. I just drug her along to concerts. <laughs> and it was like, great, because I didn't have to take her out. It was just like, come to, you know, we're going to play the Hard Rock in Pittsburgh this weekend. She followed us along, and, and you know, I would... I wouldn't have to be a full-time boyfriend on the weekends. I could do everything. And um, the band started falling apart. Um, There's various versions of why it's too long for this podcast. But the band just... I always say, when you look at a band, there's five guys. If you do the math, that's 25 different relationships that you have to manage. Right? That's, That's totally accurate. So... In order for a band to work, you have to have 25 relationships all going in the same direction. So let's just cut all that out. Band wasn't working. My life was completely falling apart because I bet everything on this band. You went all in. I went all in. And at one point, I told the girl um, the band was more important than her. I even think I said I'm in love with the band more than you which is not a good thing to say. I'm so confused because this is also kind of in the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie. That It's pretty much kind of word for word in the movie, which kind of sucks because he's a real dick in the movie. And <laughs> I watch it and I'm like, oh, God. Because as I'm listening to you, I'm like, wait, that was in the movie. Are we talking about the movie or are we talking about your life? Right. So what happened was Hallmark doesn't make a card that says, I'm sorry for saying that the band is more important than you. So I had no way out of this situation. So it makes for a good movie, but kind of a bad month, you know? <laughs> and um, so in the middle of all this, I was I was going back and forth between managing bands, making movies, blah, 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 blah. I wound up making a second movie, and I wound up managing another band. Um, and I always wanted to write a movie about the music business because it drives me crazy absolutely crazy when you watch a movie and a band is lip syncing and you could tell uh-huh i agree or, or or you walk into a two people walk into a club you know they show the band on stage playing and it's loud and they're playing really and then the two people walk walk into a restaurant all of a sudden the music dips down and they start <laughs> talking like hey what do you want to drink like they're in like confession <laughs> i'll use a little catholic little catholic term here you know but um you know um, so I'm like, no, that's not the way it is. You scream. What the? F- what do you want to drink? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll meet you over there. And you, it's like a, it's a, it's a process when you go to a bar. You gotta figure it out when there's a live band playing. So I always wanted to write a movie about that. And then I went through this breakup. And every time I go through a breakup, I write movies about it. And I'm gonna be the Taylor Swift of independent film, I think. And um, but I, I that's knew a good tagline. Oh, he's yeah. the master of the elevator pitch. The, yeah, the, right. That's just the business. Yeah. So I. Um, so I, I, but I shelved the idea because I knew 
when you make an independent film, you got to do something special. Jennifer Aniston's not going to be in your movie if it's the same movie that she can get paid $3 million to make. You exactly. Know? So I shelved the idea, and um, there's a big twist in our film. And uh, about four years later, I discovered this twist, um, which I can't talk about, unfortunately. It would be a spoiler. Um, and then I wrote the script. I wrote the first draft of the script, which is very autobiographical. And, um, and then, and then I, I met Marina Donahue, who knew nothing about anything um, in terms of my life. So she was a complete neutral... Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, my mom, of course, would take my side or, you know what I mean? And my best friend had his version, you know, you, you have all these jaded people in your life that support you through things. But, but Marina came in and was like, okay, I don't care what really happened. Let's, let's make a good movie. You know, so she was great because it's not an autobiographical piece about me. It's not an autobiographical piece about the band, but it's inspired by that. So Marina and I's partnership was great because she brought it to a level of, okay, Chris, this isn't a journal entry. This is, a, this is you know, so it was good for us to have a, a, a working relationship like that. I love it. Uh, by the way, the Gus is delicious. What kind of meat is that? Yeah. Sorry, you caught me. Um, it happens with my mouthful. Uh, there's a little uh, volpe salami and uh, uh, prosciutto. Yeah, it's the prosciutto. Oh man. Oh this boy. Is, this is good. Yeah. Guido, like what this. are your thoughts on basil? You like basil? Um, basil is a strong, strong taste. I like basil, but it will over. Done wrong, it messes with a, a, really? a dish. Like okay, so. Uh, Pesto. Yeah, yeah, Pesto yeah. is pretty much all basil. Basil right. and pine nut, full stop. Right. I love it. But that you can take, <clears throat> um, uh, here are the classic uh, two Italian sauces, tomato sauce and meat sauce in general on pasta. Tomato sauce and basil go hand in, mm -hmm. hand in glove. You put basil on uh, meat sauce and props. all you taste is the basil. Right. It, it, it's, it's, right. it's like any of those uh, strong ones, cilantro... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I hate cilantro, actually. I, I hated cilantro until I discovered Indian food, and then oh. somehow I fell in love with cilantro. I hated cilantro. So here's, but what, here's what I like about basil, because I'm single and I don't have any, like, actual, like, utensils in my place. Like, I'm, you know, you can get a tomato. I have a knife. So you get a tomato, mozzarella cheese, and basil, and olive oil, and you could have yourself a really good Italian Yeah, dish. you get, get a and you don't have to know salad going there. Yeah. yeah, and even you could pull it off with a girl at your house or whatever. You'd be like, hey, I made something nice, and it really all I did was cut up things. That, so the basil is good for me on that. You're so preaching to the choir. Cut up things. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't have to cook anything. So that's good. Hey, thinking about more about the movie and music in general, I mean, you nailed it. The the indignities of being a regionally successful act, mm -hmm. not a band that hasn't quite broken. Um, the band's name was misspelled on a marquee, and the response they get is something like, sorry, we needed the L for coleslaw. <laughs> right, that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> that was real. That real. That was a real story, yeah. It didn't happen with me managing them, but it happened to the band. I put it in the movie. Because that is total Spinal Tap. That is puppet show and Spinal Tap. Uh, I mean, there was days when... We're going through that now with, the, with our screenings. Like, we premiered the film in New York... And it was a huge event, and then sometimes we go into a city, and it's really low key, and it's it's a roller coaster ride. So there was days where they were playing to twenty thousand people with Greg Allman in a, in, a, in an arena opening up for Greg Allman, and then they're playing to five people in Minneapolis, you know, building it, you know. So it's like 
you got to look at the long term, you know. Exactly. Well, having navigated through the music business and really seen all angles of it, how has it been navigating through the movie business? As you're putting this film out there, you're going city to city, right. working the independent circuit. I'm assuming there are a lot of similarities. It's very similar, but what's interesting about film is that the commitment is bigger, meaning a band could put out a record in a shorter period of time. It's less money. It's less time to do it. A film is like a four, five, six-year endeavor, even if everything goes right. You know, mm-hmm. we've had some, uh, we hit some road bumps, you know, along the way making this film, just like every other independent film art. Um, but, I mean, we're literally, we literally have been working on this film since 2009. We finished it in 2014 and it was done. But we were on the festival circuit for a year and then you got to go and you got to put it out commercially, you know. So I only want to make movies that I like. Like, I can't imagine doing this if I didn't believe in the movie, you know, because the the time frame, I guess money would maybe change it, right? You know, if you're getting paid $20 million, you make a movie about a fish, and you, you spend five years of your life doing it, right? But, um, but my it's point... $4 million a year. Yeah, right. I mean, but but it's, um, you, it's, it's, it's got to be a labor of love, because that's the only way to get through it. You know, I mean, as fun as it is traveling around and stuff, it's because we love the movie. Marina and I love the movie, and uh, if you don't love it, I think that's where you'll 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 peter out kind of thing. You know, and uh, my next film that I'm uh, starting is uh, very very personal, very autobiographical, and uh, it's like. In order to pull the switch to make that movie, it's not a, do I want to make a movie? It's like, what do I want to spend the next five years of my life doing? You know, and I think with film, that's very interesting because there's not a lot of careers where you have to say, boom, the next five years of my life is going to be this. It's like joining the service. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. (laughs) I almost went to the Naval Academy um, when I was looking at colleges because my dad was a big military guy and I went and I got it got through the whole nomination process and I got down there and I was like I don't know if I want to do this so it's like how could I sign up for a 20 year or 10 year commitment right you know and I and I bagged and that's fine my dad's fine with it no so the, the love for the badlies continues through this movie mm-hmm. I mean, when you approached the guys and said hey can you want to be in this was was there any pushback or was it no? hell yeah dude whatever you want well there's um I was managing the band and then um, the guitar player in the band and I, we didn't get along, so I kind of But left. you're so easy to get along with. I know. I don't know what's the problem. Yeah. I don't understand. There's like five people that don't get along with me in the world, and one mm-hmm. of them was a the guitar player in, this, in my favorite rock band. What are the odds? This is, <laughs> this is God playing a practical joke at its highest level. But anyway... No, uh, the guitar player's a good guy. Him and I actually still get along. You know, we, uh, he actually... Um, did a song already for my next movie for my like package so he's, he's a great guy Ta- most talented songwriter Brett Alexander most talented songwriter I, I know of hands down look him up you, you'll be amazed at what, what, what this guy does in three minutes with, uh, with words so anyway um, I was managing the band and then I left because I quit the band in real life, and then I started writing a movie. And at first, I was kind of like a revenge movie. Like I wanted to just just write it, and I wanted to get like Train in the movie, or you know, like <laughs> or or Matchbox Twenty, or you know, I'll show you guys, you know. And um, 
And then in the middle of it, I, you know, I, I stay in touch with the guys and I send them the script. And then the guitar player and I, we reconciled, so to speak. And the band all kind of got back together right in time to make the movie. So the band is actually in the movie. Yeah. Um, the guitar player, I'm sorry, the drummer and the lead singer are the actual actors in the movie. Um, and what we did to get back to what I was saying about my pet peeves about movies was we recorded all of the music live in the actual locations that we filmed in. And then we ran playback. When you actually film, you have to run playback and, sure. and all that. So it comes off like a concert film. I hope you agree. You I saw agree. The movie. It's like a concert film, but it's not a concert film. It's not the last waltz. It's But when the music happens, you're watching a freaking concert. You know, it's not the last waltz, but Robbie Robertson could surely do some stuff with the Badleys. Absolutely. Matter of well, the ba- the band is a huge. I mean, they, the band the, the Badleys play the weight at the end of every concert. That's like their tradition because that they're in, you know, the band is their biggest influence, kind of thing. But um, but so so what what I'm really proud about is we have a great love story. Women, men, everybody respond to it on some sort of universal mm-hmm. level. But then I finally get to watch this music film that it's I love because I love the music number one but also I feel and I don't want to come off egotistical I don't care if you think the movie sucks or not I challenge anybody to tell me that the music doesn't come off accurately you know it does. And, and and that that is what I'm most proud of because the people are screaming over the music in the in the movie you know like hey it's great to see you kind of thing you know because there's a concert going on you know so that for me in, in its own personal way it just, I get off on that, you know? Well, let's talk a little bit about Laura Shea. Yeah. That voice. Yeah. Did, so, where did you find her? I mean, because you've known, worked with her for a long time. Yeah, well, I, Laura Shea is a, is a, another artist in the movie, and um, she, uh, I'm just, and I'm not making this up, I went to a psychic when I went through this breakup <laughs> that the movie was about. I literally was like six months in the fetal position, you know, I didn't want to come out of my house just eating Ben and Jerry's and... So if you yeah. lived in Chicago, you could eat Club Lago. Exactly. I was just going to say. Eat Guido's. I, I would be on. Squido would be on. Actually, on, right on, next door. You know, it's Squido, a one-stop shop. Squido. Squido. Guido would be on speed dial, and I'd have the. Is it the Gus? Was the hot one? The hot no, one. Gus the was Guido. Cold. The hot cold. The, 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 the hot one. I think I would have had probably three times a day. You're not kidding. We'd have it yeah, delivered I mean, to the is, psychic so, uh, psychic's offer. This is good breakup food, man. I mean, no, no, I mean, it's good relationship food too. But if you're gonna break up with somebody, just go get a Guido, and there's fine. You're fine. You My don't even have to worry would, about it. You don't have to go to your therapist. It, everything's mm-hmm. fine. We would take these wrapped in tin foil to Hawks games and sneak them in in our uh, sleeves of <laughs> our jacket. So we'd have, you know, a small bottle of bourbon hidden in our hip, uh, the the breast pocket, and then two of these in uh, our sleeves. And we didn't have to leave our seats. I mean, this was... That's you know, the Chicago way right there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But anyway, um, you ask about Laura Shea. Mm-hmm. I went to the psychic to kind of help me <laughs> get through this friggin' depression I was in. And I went to her twice. I'm, I'm not proud of this moment, but it is what it is. And, like, she found out that I was managing bands, and she gave me her CD because... The drummer that played on this girl's record went to the same psychic, and uh, I she gave me the CD and I didn't even listen to it. Very similar to the movie, the guy just dis- mm-hmm. disregards it. And like six months later, I found it and I put it in, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this girl can sing!" And um, 
she she's featured in the movie and and she doesn't want a career in, in music she has a she was in college at the time and she's probably the smartest one of all of us here because she was like let me get my degree all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so when i made the film when i wrote the film i literally had her music and the badley's music in my earphones as i wrote it so people almost think that the music was written for the movie but the actual in their soundtrack i wrote a little kind of liner note kind of thing that says i'd like to think this is one of the few movies if not the only movie that the soundtrack actually came before the movie that's cool you know i like that that's super cool yeah you know if i were to pick out there are different themes in the movie but really the most elemental one i can identify is just following your dream right following your passion Life's it's short. so easy to get sidetracked working in a cubicle. I mean, we, we see right at the, right at the yeah. beginning, it sucks. Right. Working that you know, soul-crushing desk job. Yeah. Follow, follow your passions. And that's what yeah. you did. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally, I don't want to go all like self-help here on anybody, but it's like when somebody says the words, you know what I want to do someday? That drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's a pet peeve of mine because if you say those words... If you have the energy to say those words, you have the energy to start thinking about planning to do it. So I speak to a lot of kids in high schools and stuff about making films and stuff. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is literally, if you want to make a movie, you don't say, you know what I want to do someday? I want to make a movie. All you got to do is say, you know what I'm doing? I'm making a movie. That's the first step. That's the first step. Because once Mindset. You, once the first, that's you need to tell yourself that first mm -hmm. before anybody else will believe you. You know, so the biggest the theme we're talking a lot about music and food and all that stuff. But but you really truthfully the the, the theme of the movie is, you know, if I drop dead right now because I'm got a heart attack from all this great food and my <laughs> cholesterol's through the roof. I love it. Um, I literally have no regrets, like none, because you go after you know you you got to go after something, whatever it is. You got to go after it. I heard someone recently say that this about business but it's so true just in life in business or in your career do things that'll look good on your tombstone instead of your LinkedIn profile right like it may look good for a resume but is it something you want to be remembered for I mean I, I always equate it to I read a blog I don't do a podcast I, I admire you because I'm I'm too uh, technically challenged to do a podcast but Dude, I, all I did was hit record I know I know but it's still I'm still you know I know what I don't know um, I wrote this blog and and um, you know one of my fantasies is you know my grandkids going through the attic and discovering the films yeah you know and your grandkids aren't going to discover some boring job in an attic somewhere. Mm -hmm. They might, you know, get a business card or something like that. But Oh, he was a great accountant. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'm not going to dodge accounting. I still do taxes for people um, because I, I got to pay the bills. Wait, can but, you come back in February? Um, yeah, I could come back in February. Right. What's the, what's the, the, the weather, the weather, what's the weather? The weather is not going to be the, the, as nice as this. But but no, I, I'm not dodging. Every, everybody has... There's got to be accountants. There's got to be insurance salesmen. Everything, but, but if that's what you love... Then go for it. Right. But if you don't love it and you're just doing it to do it because you have to get through life, man, I feel sorry for you. You know? Because it's it's like, and I think, I think I'm lucky, and you are too, because we were talking before we got on air about passion and going after mm -hmm. things. And it's like, a lot of people, it's not that they don't have the ambition, but they just don't know what their passion is. They actually don't know. 
it's so funny like if if i always ask people you know uh, if you won the lottery what would you do and everybody says some bullshit you know i'm gonna go to some island and it's like if i won the lottery i would be i would work harder right you know i would oh i can't imagine just being sedentary and just- right right and 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 it's because these people when you when they 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 don't have you know Guido, if, if you won the lottery, you would probably take your food passion and blow it up 20 times. I actually have a long-seated fantasy of having limousines arrive at all my buddies' places, and as I put the down payment on the private island, everybody arrives at the airport at the same time, and once we get to the island, we figure out what our plan is going to be for the future, but the first weekend is just getting there and straightening it all out. So you're going to build Guido Island. With basil. We're going to have basil. Guido <laughs> no Island. Basil. I'm trying to... What's basil of water? You're going to have to have cilantro and basil growing on that island. But, I mean, you know, to your point, though, Guido, we walk into Club Lago. You're happy. You're greeting people. It seems like... Yeah, you're not working. It's a... Well, so I love the concept, but it is work. I mean, there are times when I would love to duck... Me too. ...this or that. Me so, too. So it is, it is work, but... It's what I love to do, right. and exactly. Exactly. I don't know, you know... You I'm, don't think there's days when I get up and say, I, the last thing I want to do is work on this friggin' movie, you know? But I love doing it, you know? Just like anything. It's up and down thing, you know? And um, what we're, we're, we're really... You know, there's a price to pay, as you both guys can attest, to following something that you love. It doesn't go as you plan it. You know, it never does, right? And the key is being flexible. And you got to go with the flow. And there's a there's a there's a theme in our movie about life's about the detours, you know. And and some girl um, told Marina that um, she just got the word detours tattooed on her arm because Get of out. our because of our because of the movie. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, and um, you know, and and you got to be you got to be flexible, but you also got to be focused. You know, you got to set a bullseye before you throw the dart. You know, and. Uh, for me, that's the most important thing that this movie's about. It's like, listen, man, you get one shot here. Play the hand you were dealt and play it to, to, to your fullest. You know? I love it. Uh, the movie's all in time. Highly recommended. You you said it, but for a music fan, yeah, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to... Here's 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 my here's my little elevator pitch for you guys to, out there listening to go watch this movie. Of course, I'm going to sit here and tell you it's a great movie. Who cares? I'm full of shit if I say that. Because I'm I'm, every filmmaker tells you that it's their best film. The film's the best film. So I don't know if the film's good or bad. That's not my position. But here's what I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you two things. One, you're going to appreciate the music in the film, regardless of the genre music that you like. You're going to appreciate that. And two, there's no way you're going to predict how this <laughs> en- this movie ends. Absolutely not. You will not. If you do, email me. I'll give you your money back. Um, <laughs> those are the two things that I can guarantee you. So, I don't know. The movie might suck, but you'll at least get those two things out of it. Well, it sounds to me like the elevator pitch, in, in, based on what you just said, it's really Cameron Crowe meets M. Night Shyamalan. I think so. Yeah, that would be a good. Actually, that's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I like uh, Cam- Cameron Crowe. I like, I like his movies. That's, that's good. All I right, like so that. All In Time, is this uh, available video on demand? Yeah, allintimefilm.com. 
it's available everywhere video on demand amazon itunes the whole thing it's we're doing a 30 city tour uh we're in chicago obviously right now we head to baltimore next week so we have a screen oh good stage. so i mean the, the, people can still catch up with you yeah, right? be, the beauty we're, of the we're podcast gonna be, is it's not just yeah no we're gonna we're gonna be in um i don't know 10 15 more cities right. and obviously from my standpoint you got to go with the flow you got to go with technology like guido did with the with the credit card machine but you know it's, nice callback. It, it kills me. It kills me to have people tell me that they watch this on their computer screen when you can see it on a big screen because it's just a whole different experience. You it know? really is. But but so you know, if I had my choice, everybody would have to see this movie in a movie theater. You know, we we do critics. You know, critics want to review the film, and it's painful sometimes because critics are like, "Well, we'll only review it if you send us a DVD." Which means they're laying in bed watching it, right, at night. And I'm like, oh, God. Because it, it's a different movie when you see it in a group of people on a big screen. Of course. You know? now, so, that said, but I, that I, being said, though, go to Amazon, go to iTunes, rent it, everything. <laughs> watch it in bed. Watch it in bed. <laughs> it's awesome that way, too. But if you live close to one of the cities we're coming to, get in a car and go to the theater. Chris, I watched it on my computer. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and... All right, so we gave the website. That's like putting basil on the sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Too. No, I'm kidding. But 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 do you like the movie? I do. I do. Thank you. So you so so just think about how much better it would have been if you just sat on the big screen. I, well, and I think you said it. Having that communal environment where you can laugh, head bob in unison, whatever. I mean, right, this, right. the shared experience is right. what what makes going to the movies All right. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the big sound system, the big screen, but it, it is that shared experience. Right. And the same is true with live music, anything. The movies are going to last because when VHS first came out, everybody thought the movie theater industry was over. And that was 1982 or 83. Mm-hmm. So you're, you, you, can, you, you always have to ask a girl to go to the movies. You can't say to go ahead, you want to you rent iTunes and I'll, I'll watch it on my couch. So the movies will always be there. It's just the trend is going mm-hmm. in that direction. So I have faith that people will always sit in a dark room and hear a good story. And I don't think that'll ever go away, technology-wise. But just like anything else, it's a challenge to get people out of bed because it's so easy. So true. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we gave the website. Uh, this is your world for the for the near future, and then you spend... Another five years then I'm diving doing into a, your next project. Yeah, I'm doing another five years that I can't tell you what it's about because I'd have to shoot you. I understand. And, um, and I and, dr- but I but I'm going to be the Taylor Swift of uh, independent film. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Fantastic. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. I know. All right, so Guido hey. in the back seat. Thank you very much. That's right. Uh, that's a radio career just synthesized into one line right there. Um, Guido, <laughs> this food was tremendous. That's what we're here for. Uh, I'm done with the cold one. I'm almost done. All right. Well, I, the cold one minus the onions. I mean, I, but public, publicly, I'm ashamed to say I ate both. Privately, I'm very happy I ate both. I, I don't want to admit that I ate those two giant torpedoes, and they now currently rest inside of me. I would like to say publicly and privately, I'm glad that I'm eating these in your car <laughs> and not in my car. Did you eat both of them, Guido? Uh, I did. I was waiting for you boys. This is my dinner date. You guys are my dinner date. Oh, I was waiting for you so guys pathetic. to arrive. And, uh, You're really, we need to work on this. <laughs> we, well, the, the good news is Chris puts out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'm, I'm, you don't even need to warm it up for me. I just take the cold sandwich and I'll put out. <laughs> this is, like, this is our to... Netflix and chill moment right yeah, here. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> now, exactly. Guido, uh, Lago's open late, right? Uh, we're open till well, 
if the Cubs win the World Series, we're open until when the last person uh, stops drinking. But uh, we're <laughs> what open time was that? What time oh, was God, that? Last, last night was Herculean. We were there. Uh, I mean, the game ended. You know, after the rain delay, the game ended. I want to say at around twelve thirty or midnight. something. It was but, just before midnight. Oh, was it before? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we got out of there just before two. Um, you know, it's it's a young man's game. This. Uh, Hosting and restoring and uh, <laughs> it is, but yeah, we're open uh, uh, t- uh, till ten and eleven on weekends, so we're not a four o'clock bar. You know, there's not a club. well every every one hundred eight years you are. That's right. <laughs> right. So well, here's the great thing about Lago. There are many great things. Uh, the menu items being the obvious one, but um, we're in River North, but we're in a pocket of River North where you can actually park your fucking car. Right. It's easy to get in and out. We're parked right next door to the restaurant. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny. Uh, the usurious parking rates sort of helped us because it used to be that people could camp out on the street because it only cost them $1.50 or something yeah. to be there for three hours. Now it's so obscene that people don't stay. Uh, they, you know, the, the, the spots on the street are always open. So that that's been a good thing, uh, and the city is making their money, so I'm sure they're happy. Yeah, I paid eight bucks for the two hours, which you know what for Chicago, that's not bad. Oh, I've maintained it's only going up. I mean, for people to complain about the parking rates is sort of ridiculous. I mean, I know this isn't the scope of what we're talking about, but yeah, please, yeah, it's, let's it's get all political. Only going to get talk more about money. politics. What about park? <laughs> what's the parking structure in to Chicago? Is well, that on the election? Well, tomorrow? Would you but need for, to know some quick background, Chris? <laughs> the, the parking meter system in Chicago controversial uh, subject of a lot of dissent and even some anger. Uh, Mayor Daley privatized uh, the parking system. Oh, wow. I will say, I find it very easy to use. The app-based technology is wonderful. There you go. No, I, agree, agree, agree. I think uh, his honor so would making, have sold the, the air progress. that we breathe if uh, <laughs> he could have sold it before his term ended. But yeah, the, the parking app works. It, it, this area of River North, what, what is neat to me is that uh, maybe just because I'm here so often, it's as neighborhoody as downtown Chicago gets. People know one another on the, on the street. People well, yeah, right on the other side of Orleans. I mean, it's residential. Yeah. Condos and homes. Right. But not single-family homes. I mean, we're in 200-unit condo buildings and mm-hmm. then some townhomes and whatnot. And for it to be as dense as it is, um, it's neighborhoody. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty great. People walking their dogs, people BSing with each other on the street. Or yeah. in the car right here. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. Guido, thank-, thank you for the sandwiches. Yes, Guido, Absolutely. thank you for the sandwiches. Well, I got one... I got a half a sandwich left, which I will eat tonight. And Chris, thank you, thank you for your art. Oh, thank you, thank you for having us. I appreciate it.